0: his love his kindness his protection his shield his provision come on we come to worship him we come to exalt him we come to magnify him come on people of the lord express your love to him say lord i love you lord i worship you lord i i nah.
1: Chapter 18, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, and verse 21. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but unto 70 times seven. I want to talk to you today about forgiveness. You may take your seat. According to the standards of the great Jewish leaders of that day, Peter was being very, very generous. The rabbis taught that a man must forgive his brother three times. Peter being associated with Jesus felt that if he multiplied rabbinic forgiveness by two and added one, they would have reached a level of forgiveness that was acceptable to Jesus. Jesus had informed the disciples that their righteousness had to exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Peter felt that a person could be forgiven seven times and then on the eighth offense, knock his block off. (laughs) Amen. But in the United States, baseball has set the limits on American forgiveness. Strike three, you're out. For some strike two, or even strike one, or even before you come up to the plate, you're out. Man and his wife were riding in a wagon pulled by a mule. Something frightened the mule, and the mule bolted and reared up, jostled the farmer and his wife. The farmer looked at the mule and said, that's one. Further down the road, the poor mule was startled by something, and he kicked the wagon very near where the farmer and his wife were sitting. The farmer said, that's two. Finally, they went a little further, and a small animal ran just in front of the mule, frightening the mule so much that he almost turned the whole wagon over. And the farmer said, that's three, got his gun and shot the mule. His wife said, you old fool, what did you shoot that mule for? How are we gonna get home? That's the only mule we had. Farmer looked at his wife and said, that's one. Some people won't forgive, they just don't forgive. But then also, sometimes they find the strangest things to be unforgiving about. They won't forgive a person's inability. A person was doing his very best. He was doing all he was able to do. And he could not do any more, but still there are people who would fault him and be angry at him because of his inability to do things that they wanted him to do. Also, people will not forgive others in many cases for what is a realistic, unfair, and disadvantageous expectation that they had of them. You wanted them to fall in love with you. And when they didn't, you hated them for the rest of their lives. You wanted them to lend you that money that They just couldn't afford to lend you. And still you are angry at the fact that they didn't make the loan. Some folk are angry about something they have absolutely nothing to do with. Sitting up in front of the television. They don't even know you're looking. And you're sitting there mad at one person or another person. And you have absolutely nothing it's a fictional story. Your emotions are all high and peaked, mad about something you have nothing to do with. And then there are those who are mad about something that might have happened or could happen that has not happened. What are you mad at that person for? Well, I just know what they would do if they had a chance. hmm And then there are others who are angry and will not forgive a person for something that the person did not do. Have you ever been angry at somebody thinking that they had done this, that, or the other, or said this, and you were angry at them for months and even years, and you found out that they didn't even do? what you've been angry toward them for so very, very long. I found out about a lady who had been angry at me for years. Man at me, I had never met her. I did not know she was on the face of the earth. But she was tremendously angry. And she came to me and said, you know, I, I left your church. I said, why did you leave my church? I left your church because you looked at me funny one day. I said, sister, I don't remember ever looking at you at all. Matter of fact, I don't don't remember ever seeing you. Maybe I was worried about something. Maybe there was some problem in the life of the church that I was concerned about. Maybe I was thinking about something a thousand miles away, but I I was not looking at you funny. I was not even looking at you. Well, I thought you were looking at me. (laughs) Many of you resent people because you heard something about them. And if the truth were known, there is no foundation whatsoever for your resentment. Nothing to do with you at all. So Jesus responded to Peter's proposal and said, forgive him 490 times. or 70 times 70. In other words, always forgive, no matter how many times you are mistreated. I understand that Jesus was not saying that you should repeatedly expose yourself to mistreatment and to abuse. That you should deliberately make yourself accessible to those who have the habit and inclination of taking advantage of you or offending you. Sometimes you have to love folk, but love them from across the street. When you see him coming, just go on across the street and wave out and say, how you doing, darling? God bless you. Bye. Some folk, you need to stay out of their way. In the story contained in the text, Jesus went on to tell the story of a servant who owed the king 10,000 talents. Now, if those talents were gold, then the amount that was owed would be in today's money about two hundred and ninety million eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars in talents are in that the the finance of the money of that day and when the king found out that that servant could not pay him he had a mind and he was inclined to sell that servant and his old family into slavery trying to get the money back but the servant begged the king and said to the king, I cannot, but if you give me a chance, if you, if you help me, if you give me an opportunity, I will pay you everything that I owe you. And the king, the Lord, was moved with compassion. And not only did he give the servant more time, he forgave the servant altogether for every dime that he owed, $290 million in value. And then time went on. And after that servant had been forgiven, the Bible teachers agreed that this was an impossible sum to repay. And while a few agree that if he had a large area under his authority, he might have been able to repay the debt. But the fact was that the king forgave him the debt. The king in this story told by Jesus represents God, who is a forgiving God. Nehemiah 9.17 says, Thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious, and merciful. And Psalm 86.15 says, Thou, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. The king forgave the debt. And I would say to you, those who come to God seeking forgiveness can obtain forgiveness. Daniel 9.9, 9, the Bible says, To the Lord belongs mercy and forgiveness through though we have rebelled against him and though we have rejected his will and his plan. And God said in 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Wouldn't it be wonderful to know that all your sins are forgiven? Wouldn't it be wonderful to know that you had a totally clean slate? But it is my joy to inform you today, you can have all your sins forgiven, and you can have a clean slate. You can, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And both the Greek and the Hebrew words for forgive in the Bible mean to lift up, or to lift away, or to send away one's sins. And also in the New Testament, it means to be gracious too, to extend undeserved kindness and love to an individual. That's when God forgives us. He, he lifts us, our sins, from us, and He loves us freely. And there's a difference between divine forgiveness and human forgiveness. Human forgiveness means the remission of a penalty deserved. Whereas divine forgiveness allows the execution of the penalty. But the execution of the penalty was not on us, it was on Jesus Christ who died in our sins. Sin is not something small to God. Sin separates us from God. Sin hides God's face from us. But God, for Christ's sake, forgives our sins. Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it whiter than snow. Jesus died for your sins. You can be forgiven and you can be cleansed from your sins. But let me also say, since God forgives you, you need to forgive yourself. Tell two people, forgive yourself. So many forgiven folk bask in guilt of yesteryear and yesterday they still are plummeting themselves and hurting themselves because of sins that they've committed that God has forgiven, but they don't feel forgiven. But the memory of past sins can help us to be on guard against future sins, but to be continually sorrowful and depressed about past forgiven sins is inappropriate. If you sought God's forgiveness and if God extended to you forgiveness You should forgive yourself. You should say, listen, Lord, I know in the past I've wronged you. I've hurt you. I've done that. That was contrary to your will. But thank God that Jesus died for my sins and you've forgiven me. And since you've forgiven me, I'm going to forgive myself. Come on, tell your neighbor, since God forgave you, forgive yourself. But also, since you are forgiven, you ought to be forgiving I said, since you're forgiven, you ought to be forgiving. The text in the text, or the servant in the text, was forgiven, but he was not forgiving. He found a man that owed him the equivalent of only $17 and grabbed the man by the throat and demanded that the man pay the debt. You owe me my money, pay me right now. The man said, give me some time, but the servant refused. And he had the man put in jail. He had been forgiven of a $290,000 debt. But he had a man who owed him $17 to be thrown in debt. But the king found out about it. Come on, tell your neighbor, the king's going to find out about it. The king found out about it and said in Matthew 18 and 32, I forgave you. Because you begged me. Should you not have had compassion upon your fellow servant? And then the king had the wicked servant who owed the $290 million, tortured and thrown in jail until he paid off the entire debt. And that was forever because he did not have and had no means of ever getting the money that he would need to pay off the debt. Listen, when you are forgiven, you ought to forgive those who have wronged you and those who have hurt you. Unforgiveness hinders God's forgiveness of our sins. For Jesus said in Matthew 6:14, "...if you don't forgive men their trespasses against you, your heavenly Father will not forgive you of your trespasses against him. If you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses." And so unforgiveness hinders you from receiving God's forgiveness. But then also unforgiveness hinders our prayers. For the Lord says, when you stand praying, forgive those who have wronged you. If you're not forgiving and you're praying to God, God will not forgive and draw you near to himself and bless you as he desires to bless you. But then also unforgiveness represents an attitude that is condemned by Jesus Christ. Jesus has forgiven us. Are there any forgiving folk in the house today? If God has forgiven you, then you ought to have a spirit of forgiveness. You should be so thankful to God that God had mercy on you, that you extend that same mercy and love to those who are around you. And then number four, unforgiveness hinders the unity and the work of the church. Listen, there's no spat argument, difference, dissension than church dissension. It's the worst dissension on the face of the earth. How many of you feel church folk ought to get together? We find the meanest things to be unforgiving about. The way we look at one another, the fact that we forgot to call somebody's name, the fact that we are sitting in somebody else's seat, somebody else's parking place, we are upset and angry about that. But listen, around the church, there ought to be peace, there ought to be harmony. The atmosphere of the church ought to be love and togetherness. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands and give praise to the Lord. Let me see if I can get through with this message. You all are tired of me. Let me, let me paint a profile, draw a profile of an unforgiving person. An unforgiving person, number one, is overwhelmed by self-pity. They have a sense of mistreatment and they feel sorry for themselves. And they take it out on everybody that they are around. Since they feel like their life is so messed up, they want to mess up everybody else's life by their self-pity. And then an unforgiving person is a resentful person. And resentment requires emotional and mental expenditures that are more than those who deserve it and appropriate for those who are around you. When you're resentful, you're bitter and you're wearing yourself out with those emotions that are negative and harmful. And listen, it's inappropriate for you to have those kinds of feelings. And then, number four, a resentful person, an unforgiving person, is alienated and isolated. They expect everybody to be perfect, everybody to come up to their standard, and since nobody comes up to their standard, they are alone walking the road of life all by themselves. And ultimately, an unforgiving person is an unhappy person who has an adversarial relationship with everybody that they meet. And listen, you cannot fight the whole world and stand against the whole world. You're going to have to forgive somebody. Tell your neighbor you're going to have to forgive somebody. Let's talk about a forgiving person. What is the profile of a forgiving person? A forgiving person is merciful. The Bible says in Luke 6:36, be therefore merciful as your father is merciful. And number two, a forgiving person does not dwell on wrongs that are done to them. Sometimes a person will do a thousand things for you, and then they'll do one thing that you don't like. And you'll hold that one thing against them for the rest of their lives. You ought to count up all the good things they did and say, Listen, you've been a friend to me. You've been faithful to me. and you could not have hurt me if you had not been close to me and and I realized that you've done so much for me that I'm not going to hold this one thing against you. That's the way a forgiving person operates. A forgiving person loves the transgressor more than worrying about the transgression and a forgiving person has a strong sense of adequacy and self-esteem. You hurt me, but you did not harm me. It hurt me, but it's not gonna block me. It's not going to stop me. I've got enough confidence in myself, but the wrong thing that you did is not gonna help me, cause me to destroy my life, worrying about it. I can get over it. I can go on by the power of God. Come on, tell your neighbor, you can get over it. You can go on by the power of God. A forgiving person is a giving person, one who's willing to share and one who's willing to bless, and whatever is taken away from you, you have the idea, it's coming back my way. I'm going to climb up out of this. I'm going to be all right. Tell your neighbor you're going to be all right. But finally, a forgiving person is like God. God does not appreciate alike our unthankfulness and the wrong things that we do. But nothing that we do stops God from being God. And God says, I can forgive you because you've not withdrawn any of my nature or my power from me if you desire forgiveness I extend it to you and I'm still God and a forgiving person can say you might have drawn something out of my life but by the power of God and the might of God I'm going to go on anyhow I'm going to make it tell your neighbor neighbor I know you can make it a forgiving person is in real good company Jesus was a forgiving person And he prayed that those who crucified him might be forgiven. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't really know what they're doing. Deacon Stephen, who was stoned by a mass of men, said to them, listen, Father, forgive them. Don't lay this sin to their charge. And then Paul prayed for those who had deserted him. In 2 Timothy 4 and 16, Paul said, All men forsook me. And I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge. They left me all by myself. I could be mad and upset, but I'm praying that God will not charge them for leaving me by myself. I pray for their forgiveness. He prayed that they would be forgiven. Listen, we need to forgive if we're to get on with the business of life. I said we need to give. Forgive if we're going to get on with our lives, because a perceived wrong done for what you have not forgiven assumes a negative existence all its own. If somebody does something to you that you feel is inappropriate and wrong, and you don't let it go, and you don't forgive it, it begins to fester and boil in your heart and in your spirit. And it will do so for all the rest of your life. An unforgiven act committed by others will have a way of negatively impacting every aspect of your heart and every aspect of your mind. Unless you forgive it, you never are rid of it. You never are over it. You're never through with it. Unless you forgive it, you'll lose the battle with resentment and hostility. But when you forgive it, You can rise above it and get on with your life. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, when you forgive it, you can rise above it and get on with your life. To forgive is a sign of strength. And you're showing that you're strong in the power of God. I may not be so devastated that I cannot forgive and go on. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. That strengthens me. When you forgive it, you put it behind you, and you're able to march into your future by the power of God. God loves those who needs forgiveness, and that's if you forgive people whom God loves, then God will forgive you, and God will love you. Sometimes it's good just to go into your inner life And make sure there's nobody that you have not forgiven. If you find somebody in your past that you have not forgiven, then ask God to help you to rise above that animosity and that negativism and forgive so that you can get on with your life. We all need forgiveness because we owe God a debt that we can't pay. We owe God for the wrong that we've done. We owe God for the many times that he's failed us. And I know somebody might have failed you, but if God forgives you, you ought to forgive them in the name of Jesus. Yes, you hurt me, but you did not harm me. Yes, you blocked me, but you did not stop me. Every day I'm going higher than I was before. I'm rising on the wings from a man's ways. Please, the Lord, he'll make even his enemies be at peace with him. I forgive because I'm forgiven. Raise your hand and say, Lord, I forgive because I'm forgiven. Come on and praise him, praise him. You may say, Well, brother preacher, no, you're not talking about me. Because I don't have anything that I need forgiveness for I've been a clean liver I've lived a righteous life But let me tell you something All of your righteousness is nothing but filthy rags And all have sinned and come short of the glory of God And if God could look down on you and forgive you Then you ought to look out on those that have offended you And say, if God forgave me, I'm going to forgive you. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, if God forgave me, I'm going to forgive. God loved me so much that he gave his son, Jesus. Jesus loved me so much. He came all the way from heaven down. He died on a cross. Oh, yes, he did rose up again from the dead. Thank you, Lord, for forgiveness. Thank you for turning my life around. Lord, thank you for loving me enough to pick me up, transform my life, set me free. Is anybody loving? Anybody thankful? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. For saving my soul. Thank you for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me your great salvation, so rich and so free. Stand up, everybody. Give praise to the Lord. Praise Him. Praise Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah I'm so glad I don't know about you But I'm so glad Hallelujah I was a sinner But I'm saved by grace I didn't deserve it But God gave me grace And mercy Anyhow I deserved hell I deserve death, but God reached down, picked me up, and changed my life. Everybody who's forgiven, give praise to the Lord.
0: Praise!
1: Hallelujah! 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 Yes, 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 yes. Come on, clap your hands and praise Him. Just as I am without one plea but that Thy blood was shed for me You bid me come to Thee Lamb of God I come, I come so glad and you raise your hand and say, I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. Help me praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise